You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And if your name is not Jordan Nixon, you do not get to have an opinion today on what happened last night. Congratulations to the Lady Aggies. They are moving on to the Sweet 16. We're going to be discussing that, but we're also going to be discussing the main subject today. Who are the top five players returning to Texas A&M football for 2021? We'll be discussing all of that and much, much more. Before we begin, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. For all of you watching on WFAA Antigna, make sure you're listening to the podcast Every single day, Locked on Aggies is a five-day show a week, and you can do so by following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. For those watching, name right down there below. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, download the radio.com app, or listen live every single day at lockedonpodcast.com. So let's get into this. Texas A&M basketball. Now, the women's, the, the, the really, really good women's team who has had to battle it out against a 15 seed and a 7 seed to claim their spot to face off against Arizona next week. In the Sweet 16, what a game, what a performance, what an overall showing of camaraderie. Something that's needed in basketball today. I don't think people know how much it is essential to be so effective and close-knit like this unit is that Gary Blair has put together for the Lady Ags this season. This game, honestly, there was like five minutes left. I was sitting there, I was going, oh my God, like A&M's going to be eliminated. This is back-to-back weeks where Troy is this close to knocking him out, and Iowa State's going to do it. And then that team kicked on. They kicked on the gas, and they never let their foot off the paddle. Pedal, my bad. On the brink of letting a sweet 16 burst slip away, they survived an overtime thrill against the number 7 Iowa State to 84-82 victory. A 27-point fourth quarter surged the Aggies to get the extra frame leading into single-second regulation. The Maroon and White hoped that they would be able to get a big-time game from sophomore from New York City, Jordan Nixon. She is, I promise you, the face of the Aggie program. Men's Women's does not matter. Aggie basketball. Jordan Nixon has earned the right to call herself the front runner for the face of Aggie basketball. Making a game-winning shot has been in her routine, but on Wednesday night, it mattered so much more because of this was for a chance for AM to keep their season alive, moving closer towards that NCAA title. After the game, she said, we worked so hard this year. We clawed our way back in this game. We did not want to go home tonight, and I'm glad we're still dancing. When you look at the final score, it was so much closer than it seemed. This was what made the 12th man spirit shine bright and shine loud and proud up in the Alamo city of San Antonio for these fans trying to watch. 
The spirit of the 12th man, if you're familiar, we keep fighting is what Nixon told ESPN2 after the game. We never say die, never say die, and I think you saw that tonight. Nixon stepped in huge for the Aggies, capturing a career-high 35 points in two nights in a row after scoring a previous career-high 21 points against Troy. She explained that the emotions were super high because of this was someone who she felt close to, and her gameplay rose up to the occasion. She said on March 23rd last year, her former coach in, I believe it was New York City, Dave Edwards, died from COVID-19. He was actually a Texas A&M alum, and this game was for him. Nixon kept the game dominating, scoring 14 points of the Aggies, 18 in the final frame, pulling the Aggies within five at, um, at the break. The Cyclones really control the game. I mean, if you go back and watch that game, I was watching it at halftime, and I went, oh boy. Okay, we're, we're, Aggies are in trouble. They are in so much trouble. There's so much that has to go right. They have to get better at scoring. They have to start getting those rebounds. No, no. Three straight frames. Every eight minutes, it just seemed a little less, a little less, and a little less that AM was going to be moving on to the Sweet 16. You got to look at this team. They found their stride defensively towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, they forced two turnovers and held the Cyclones to only two triples in that quarter. Uh, Texas A&M coach Gary Blair reflected on the game afterwards, saying that this was an outstanding night. You got to give uh, Ashley Jones a lot of credit. She's an All-American. What a tremendous player. Their freshmen are good. I'm so impressed by Iowa State, but I'm glad that the SC I'm in the SEC and not the Big 12. The stat book was balanced with only three players getting double digits. Sierra Johnson poured on 19 points, and Aaliyah Wilson uh, totaled 11 while Nixon was the obvious hero, perhaps the biggest player of the night came with the wanting seconds in the fourth quarter when Alexis Morris tied the game up, giving AM the ball back. This extra possession allowed Nixon to forgo the 75-75 time and force this game into overtime. AM now will take on the Arizona Wildcats to move on to the Elite Eight and keep their season alive a little bit more. That game will be taking place. Uh, I believe on March 27th, so that would be Saturday, is the start of, is the start of the Sweet 16 before the Elite Eight. AM is one of 16 teams that has made it. This is huge for the program. And the biggest thing that I like about this is that you have young players. You have a lot of young talent. And it starts with Jordan Nixon. Nixon, once again, shows how this team plays. You are effective you play to win, you try to set yourself up, but you don't quit. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand about basketball. Let's just look at this for a second. Did anybody watch the USC-Kansas game, uh, the round of 32 about, what was it? I think it was Sunday night. It was the very last game. Did you watch Kansas in the second half? By the last 10 minutes, they weren't trying. They knew the game was over. They knew that they were not going to get, they, they were not moving on to the Sweet 16. Their season was done. They gave up. Teams give up all the time and they don't have to. They can go out and make sure that if they do lose, you lose in style, you lose with flair, you lose with passion, you show you want to be here. And that's exactly what Texas AM did. But what happened was they had just enough points, they had just enough style, and they had just enough oomph to get them over the edge and set themselves up for a big-time victory over Iowa State. Can they do that against the Wildcats? Possibly. Can they do that against NC State? I hope so, because there's a very good shot that they will be staying in the Alamo City all the way up through April 
to claim a shot at a national title. This is a very dangerous team. This is a team that has no quit, and you've seen that the last two games. But these two games that are coming up, you have number three, Arizona, who is a good team. But you have NC State, who possibly robs you of a shot of being the number one seed, so you did not have to go through this pattern. You had that shot. Show that you are just as dangerous against these bigger schools that you were against the smaller ones. The up-and-comers, the Troys, the Iowa States, the ones who will be good by next season. Go against these teams that are good right now and show them that you are ready to play. That's what I would do if I'm Texas a You know what else I would do? I would like to make a spot to where I don't have to ever go into an auto shop again. Because basically, I can change most of the parts on my car, but because if I have to go back to the dealer, they charge me a service fee, they charge me a product fee, and of course they charge me an installation fee. I can do all that for half the price if I just know where to find the product. Now I do with rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from taillights to engine modules to brake pads, and all that you need is found on their very unique but very reliable, easy-to-search catalog. Just type in the product, type in the name of the car, the brand, the year, and of course, match the price. RockAuto.com will give you the low, low price every single time you sign up. Go visit rockauto.com and use the promo code locked on when you hear the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas AM. Guys, 25 minutes. You give me 25 minutes, I will get you caught up on everything you need in the realm of sports today. Well, not me, but Peter Bukowski of Locked On Today. Locked On Today is the brand new Locked On podcast show that gets you caught up with everything going on in the sports world. All four major sports, including also NCAA football and NCAA basketball. Subscribe to Locked On Today on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Texas A&M football is going to be the storyline. I mean, let's be real. I love the women's basketball team. I'm going to be following them close. A&M baseball, they're on a four-game losing streak right now. I'm not sure what this team is going to be this year. Hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, Rob uh, you know, Rob Childress gets this team in the right direction, especially as SEC play gets to an all-time high. They got Georgia this upcoming weekend. Then they face off against number 10, Texas. That's going to be the game to watch. All that and much, much more. But A&M football... Is always gonna is always gonna take control, and mainly it's because of last season was a year that they could have gone ten and zero. They really could have, and I think a lot of people are saying, "Well, how could they have gone ten and zero? They went nine and one. They did, but they actually went eight and one during the regular season. One game was canceled, Ole Miss, so that one was lost, and it's kind of a wash. I do think they would have beat Ole Miss, but also their original schedule had them playing Alabama in week twelve or thirteen out of fourteen. I think, yeah, I think it was week 13. My bad. Uh, but they had them playing them as the second last game before LSU. This LSU team would have been the same LSU team. This Alabama team would have been the same Alabama team. This AM team that Alabama saw in week two was not the same AM team they saw in week, they would have seen in week four, uh, 13. They would have been a completely different roster. So with that, I do think that AM has a very good shot next season when you look at the roster that they have in place with the teams that they're going to be going up against, you know, Colorado. Uh, Fresno State. Uh, I'm blanking on a few, uh, but but you get my point. They, they have a very good shot based off their record and where they're going and and how they they line up and how the record lines up as well to go undefeated. 
because that mid game, that mid season game against Alabama is really the turning point. It's like that final turn where you want to see what these two teams have. And it's down to the race. Alabama loses to AM. AM takes a front lead. And it's going to be really hard for them to lose another game the rest of the season. Alabama wins. Well, they still got LSU. They still got Auburn. So, you know, brand new coaches. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if these teams are going to bounce back after a down year. And we've seen Alabama lose to Auburn all the time. I don't think that with AM. I think that if they can figure out the quarterback position and the offensive line position, they're in a good spot. But that midseason game is the final turn to get to the SEC championship. But it all comes down to what players matter most and what players are the best. So going into next year, there are five players I think that will be essential to AM's success. Let's name them right now. All five. Number five, Jalen Widemeyer. I have been so high on Jalen Widemeyer since he was a freshman coming out of Dickinson, Texas. I thought that when Baylor Cup went down, the tight end position was going to be a, a, a wash in 2019. It was just going to be, okay, well, you know, we, we're going to try things out. We're going to see what we got with Beal. We're going to see what we got with Rennick. We're going to see what we got with, you know, this Weidemeyer kid. And Weidemeyer showed up this past season. He didn't show up as much, but he also didn't really have to because of just the run game was so powerful that I thought that Weidemeyer was used to the best of his ability. But he would have, in my opinion, been the number one tight end in the SEC if you didn't have a freaking stud who's going to be potentially a top five pick at the tight end role in Kyle Pitts of Florida. And I think you could have a Kyle Pitts resurgence next year in the SEC. Does that mean he's going to be this elite player who, you know, is, is a route running machine and makes defenders, you know, cross legs and coverage? No. But I do think he can be a great presence for a young quarterback. Everyone who has ever played the game of football understands that the tight end position for a young quarterback, I mean, you are a freshman quarterback. You you are not trusting those receivers deep downfield because if you don't want to cause a turnover, you go short, you go quick. Slot receiver, tight end, running back are so important to a young quarterback's mantra early on in their careers. So Weidemeyer gets to be that guy for Haynes King, for Eli Stauer, for even Zach Calzada, who would technically be a redshirt sophomore, you have those guys who are going to be so perfect for this team's success and building the repertoire moving in next season. So I do think that even though Weidemeyer is number five on this list as importance, he still has a very prominent, important role for this team. Number four, this one is going to be a surprise to some, but it's Isaiah Spiller. Here's why it's Isaiah Spiller. Spiller, you know what you have. Spiller is a good runner, great in the open field. He will make defenders miss. Burley, strong-willed, does a great job of penetrating after the run, does a good job of making defenders miss at the line of scrimmage. All that is exactly what you want with Isaiah Spiller. But on the flip side, you do have other options. You have DeAndre Jackson, who nobody's seen. You have Devon Chain. Pure speed. You have Anaya Smith, who's on this list. You have options. So Spiller's role may be a little bit limited next year. It still will be effective. In fact, it will be very, very effective. But I do think it will be limited. You will have him probably playing a bit more of, you know, bigger runs. He'll probably be the guy who makes a lot more plays with third and short 
but he'll also be your lead third. Uh, he'll also be your lead three down back. You'll want him playing as much as possible, but you do have other options based off what the defense is showing you. And you can run. And there was times this year where you saw Nia Smith and Isaiah Spiller in the backfield in a two running back set and an offset. There's going to be times where they probably have Smith out there. They have a chain out there. They have Spiller out there. Spiller will probably be the de facto player. You'll think that he's getting the ball because of 28s out there. But what if it's a jet sweep? What if it's a delayed handoff and Spiller's the lead blocker? And they get A-chain. There's a lot of ways to use Spiller. So I do think he will be effective next season. But is he the number one back? Yes. But there's also a ton of other running backs out there who can be successful for Texas A&M. That's all that I'm trying to make of that point. The Sweet 16 is right around the corner, and with it, bets are coming at an all-time high. So why don't you make the bet at the one place we love and the one place we trust? That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the best lines, the best payouts, and the best bets, and you can get all the highlight information when you follow them on Twitter at betonline underscore ag. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action right now when you go visit betonline.ag. If you make your very first deposit and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So it's money back in your pocket and money you can win. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, we've been telling you for a while that Built Bar is the best protein bar out there because it's low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, but everyone wants to have a favorite. I get it. Everyone wants a favorite for everything. What's the best? Now you get to decide with our Built Bar Bracket Madness Challenge. On today's lineup, we have Mint Brownie versus Coconut Puff. I know that I've been a little hard on coconut, but again, I'm also really hard on mint. If you like mint, you probably also like eating toothpaste. That does not mean that mint brownie is not good because of that delicious chocolate flavor comes in with the mint. But have you tried the Puff Bars? They are actually fantastic. It's like eating a cloud. I promise you, go eat it. I am going to break my rule, and I am going to go vote for Coconut Puff to move on into our flavorful form. But it's not what my vote counts. It's what your vote counts. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you stop on later by today to see who moves on into the greatest Built Bar of all time. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. The NFL draft is less than a month away, and with it, you have to get caught up on everything with mock drafts, with player profiles, and much, much more of that. Go listen to Locked on NFL Draft with Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak. They give you their updated mock drafts every single week, plus highlight information on what players are doing at their pro days. Subscribe to Locked on NFL Draft on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Top five players for Texas A&M. Five is Jalen Weinemeyer. You need that reliable safety net. Four is, is Isaiah Spiller. Big burly back. Can do a lot in the ground game. I think that even though... They will use other running backs. He will be your three-down runner, your lead back in every single situation going into 2021. Number three, there's got to be a defensive player on this list, and it's DeMarvin Leal. Leal is so dangerous. Like, I've talked to scouts. I've talked to about 12 scouts about Kellen Bond this past year. And the first thing I get brought up is, yeah, Kellen Bond's good, but have you seen DeMarvin Leal? Have you watched DeMarvin Leal? That guy's good. 
There's scouts out there that are saying that DeMarvin Leal will be a top five pick going into the next season if he's healthy. And he does exactly what he did this past year. He added weight. He switched positions. He moved more into a hybrid player with playing a bit of a four-eye tech, a three-tech, and also a five-tech. And he also played a little bit of a nine. He rushed from the outside. He bull rushed up the middle. And he's one of those guys that when you look at him transitioning to the next level, if you want him to play defensive tackle, you can have him play defensive tackle. And he's going to be a pass-rushing defensive tackle specialist in a 4-3 set. If you want him to play defensive end, he's going to be a 9-tech or a 5-tech or on the outside that's going to add so much pressure for those outside edge rushers to get leverage. Just what he does and how he moves is scary. And yeah, you have Jaden Peavy on the line. You got McKinley Jackson on the line. You got Michael Clemens coming back. You have Tyree Johnson coming back. You have a lot of talent. But DeMarvin Leal is special. What he does, there's few players in the NFL who are rookies that can do that. There's few players in college football who can do exactly that. Do I think he's a Chase Young? No, I don't. I think Chase Young was a specimen that, and this is the one thing I really hate about NFL draft more than anything else. You compare people to people. I don't like that because Chase Young was a, was a different breed. But DeMarvin Leal is also a different type of breed. He's a guy that you can play interiorly on the outside. He can bull rush. He can work as a pass rusher. He can stop the run. And he's got good vision to where he can block a pass, bat it down, and even cause an interception. He caused two turnovers this year, and one was an interception. And he's quick. A guy who's 268 should not be moving as fast as he does. But he does. That's a special player. That's one of those players that you need to watch for. And I do think that Damani Richardson, Leon O'Neal, Andre White, Miles Jones, Jalen Jones, all are very special players. And they all will be very effective for Mike Elko's defense. But if DeMarvin Leal is on the field, you're going to have to double-team him. You're going to have to in the SEC, which means it opens lanes for other players. On the outside, if you have Michael Clemens and Tyree Johnson, they get the outside leverage. If he's playing outside, that leaves McKinley Jackson to come through B-gap because if you have your guard and tackle double-teaming him, or that leaves C-gap open because you have your tight end and your tackle trying to double-team him, that leaves a running lane wide open for you to get through. That leaves a running lane for a linebacker to get through. DeMarvin Leal is built different. He's built 12th man different. He's special. Number two, Kenyon Green. Every quarterback needs an offensive line. I don't like, like okay, okay. I, I say this all the time. I'm okay with this. I don't care that I'm repeating myself. The five best friends of an offensive, I mean, of a, of a quarterback is not a wide receiver running back trio. It is your five men up front. The more protection you have, the better uh, The better chance you have of scoring, the better chance you have of connecting, the better chance you have of less pressure. That is so important. And this is going to be a unit that has four new offensive linemen. Kenyon Green has to be the leader. And I don't know where he's going to play. Right now, he's going to be a left tackle. They may say in July, we're going to move you back to left guard. So be it. You better be blocking. You better be standing up and being that big-time left tackle. You better be sitting down and making sure that everyone is missing you, that you are the reason why we're getting good running lanes. You better be the reason that Haynes or Zach or Eli can throw the ball. You have to be that guy. Because if he is not only a former All-American as a freshman, he's a freshman All-American, he's an All-SEC player, but he is the one 
remainder of that offensive line that allowed four sacks last year and was one of the best in college football. He has to keep that same momentum and bring that over. Because if a quarterback is pressured, it leads to a lot of turnovers. It leads to a lot of three and outs. It leads to a lot of punts. And that means that you're not scoring. And that means that even though you have a top 10 defense coming back, and basically you're losing Bobby Brown and Buddy Johnson. That's it. That, 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 that's all you're losing. Same defense. You're going to have a shot to be the number one defense in the SEC and the number one defense in college football next year. That doesn't mean that you should just rely on your defense to do all the work while the offense has 14-point games and the final score is 14-10 or 14-0 or 21-10 or 21-17. You want to have those shots to have a good offensive driving games. And that happens by going and getting great offensive linemen. But it starts with leadership. That's where Kenyon Green comes into play. Finally, number one player. I'll say it and I'll scream it to the mountains. It is Agent Zero. It is Anaya Smith. Anaya Smith is your weapon X. It does not matter how you play him. It does not matter where you play him. It does not matter if you play him at quarterback. He can do wildcat formation. He could be in a two running back set. You can run the eye and you can have Spiller be your fullback. Smith can be your fullback for all I care. He better be out on that field. What Anaya Smith can do as a receiving option, as a running option, as a blocker, it's incredible. It's like you took a Swiss Army knife, built it together for football, and popped out Anaya Smith. And he's a little small. He's 5'11". He blocks just as strong as these six foot three wide receivers. He runs just as hard as these six foot 229-pound running backs. He plays with that demeanor every single snap, and he has speed. You can use him as a pass catcher. You can use him as a blocker. You can use him in the run game. You can play him on the option. You can play him with the pitch. You can have him play in the slot. You can use him in a variety of ways. And gadget players are so much valuable in the NFL. They may not be first rounders. Curtis Samuel was not a first rounder. I do not think Kadarius Toney is worthy of a top 15 pick. Do I think he's worthy of a first round pick? Sure. Do I think that he's a top 15? No. But that does not mean that they are not effective and if they are used properly, they will be successful at the next level. Daryl Dickey is an old school coach, but you have to at least try to get some of that new modern style of play into your offense. You have that player in Agent Zero, Anaya Smith. And Anaya Smith is the number one player next year. When he is on the field, you have a shot to score with all positions because if he is out there, and teams are going to circle his number, and they're going to go, this is the guy. If this guy gets the ball, you have to corral him. You have to get to him. If he doesn't get the ball, you have to make sure he can't get the ball. So what does that do? It opens a running lane. It opens a passing set. It opens avenues for other players to be successful. Anaya Smith needs to be on that field as much as possible, because if so, you have a chance to score every single play. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies on tomorrow's show. Let's do an Ask an Aggie Friday. Five questions, six questions, talking all things about Texas A&M, basketball, baseball, football, pros. What I want to talk about will do all that and much, much more. See you then. Remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. 
presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.